Thank you for tuning in to Journey Church Podcast. We are so excited for you to join us for our sermon series, Daydreams, encouraging you to never stop chasing your God-given dream for your life. Enjoy. Hey, well, welcome to week three of a sermon series that we are calling Daydream. Is anybody being blessed by this message series? Come on. Make some noise if you are. Um, I am so excited and so pumped. It's, a, it's been another week, if I can be honest, of testimonies and of people sharing their stories with me. And I really get moved, man. Like, it's all of my strength in me right now to not cry up in front of you to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped. People have been. I'm, 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 I'm super excited and I'm super anxious because people have been hearing this message about dreams and they are truly dreaming Again, people are leaving their jobs, finding new workplaces, changing career paths. People are starting to go to college. People are saving, investing money. People are, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm anxious because in about six months, you're either going to thank God or blame me. One of the two is going to happen. And, and honestly, I'm okay with either because here's the point that I've come into my life. I'd rather fail chasing something big than set up something small and hit it. And so that's been our prayer. If you uh, honestly, and it's in every aspect. I was just approached by someone in the lobby right now, right before service, who said, man, I just got to tell you. I, I was saying thank you because him and his wife just started coming to our church, and they were, like, they stayed to the very last minute um, serving at our fall fest, cleaning up, and he just put his hand on his shoulder. Like, you can't just tell somebody this and then just walk inside like that. He, he put his hand on my shoulder. He goes, man, I just want you to know, man, last Sunday, as we said, he said, God set me free from a 10-year marijuana addiction. So I just want you to know because I started dreaming again. And I'm pursuing, you know what I'm saying? Come on, give God some praise. And, it's amazing, man. It's amazing what God can do when you begin to dream. If you're just joining us for the first time, we've been camped around this Bible verse in Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 19. You know what I'm talking about? Hopefully those of you have been here now for three weeks straight, hopefully you have it memorized, but we'll go ahead and read it and we'll put it on the screen. Proverbs 28, 19, when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Now, at first glance, this might not seem like a verse on dreams until you realize that when it's, the Bible says can't see, it's not referring to your physical sight, but rather it's referring to a vision for your life. And when you have a vision for your life, when you have a, a destination in mind, a place where you want to go, that is a dream. And that brings meaning and purpose to everything that you do, okay? But without it, we begin to kind of just come at a rest, right? Because something happens in your, in your 20s. Make some noise. Look at me if you are in your 20s or under 20. Come on, wave at me. Make some noise. You are in your 20s or under 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about being under 20 or in your 20s. It's like, it's like my son. Like my son has, he wants to do three jobs right now. He's in between three career choices. Zane, he's four. He's already got it figured out. He wants to help people. So he's picking three jobs that he can help people with. So he said he wants to be, either be a fireman, uh, a pastor, somebody like somebody he knows or um spider-man those are the three choices he's he's currently vacillating back and forth between right now um and i love it right because he doesn't know that that's impossible and i'm not going to tell him you know he tells me he wants to be spider-man i'm like good luck you know he's like good now i just need to find a spider to bite me i'm like calm down calm down let's not take it let's not take it she's not real okay <laughs> so at that point, you got to intervene. But uh, he's, you know, he's just, and that's what happens when you're in your teens and when you're in your 20s, okay? You're like, I'm going to take over the world. 
Woo, I can't wait. I'm going to start a business. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to make like a million in the first two years. I'm going to record an album. It's going to be like platinum, double, triple platinum. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to write a book. It's going to be in the New York Times bestseller for like a thousand years. It's going to be amazing. I can do it all. And I don't want to tell you that you can't. I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that you can't. I'm not telling you that it won't. I'm just telling you that something happens when you turn 31. Everybody who's 30 and older, wave your hand and make some noise. Yeah. Something happens when you turn 31, and it's something that goes like this. You look back and you go, I have done nothing with my life. And you start freaking out because it's like the day before a test, and you think you're going to die at 33, and you're just like, it's over. And you got to be careful. Let me, let me tell you why. Because you begin to believe a lie, and this is the lie, that if it hasn't happened for you yet, it won't. And when you begin to believe that lie, something happens. A transition takes place in your life, and you cease to dream, and you start to live, or as it is commonly known, settling. It's not going to happen. You know, I might as well just get the nine to five, and, and here's what happens. You get the nine to five, and one day you'll wake up, and you'll leave a beautiful house, get behind the wheel. Of a, of a decent car, drive to a job that pays well to provide for a family that you love dearly. But through it all, you will not be fulfilled. Not because life sucks. Life's good. But because life has lost its where. You're in the middle of it all and you're thinking, where is it going? What am I going to do? What is the bigger picture? And that is the importance of dreaming. That's where the stumbling comes in. We, and, and, and hopefully you've been, you've been taking notes these past two weeks. If not, go back to the, and listen to the sermon series because what we've been trying to convince you to do is it's time to dream again. It's time to dream during the day, not just at night, to pursue those dreams and go after the big things that God has for you. And so that's what we've been talking about. And today we're going to talk about the second half of that. And that's the second half of the verse uh, right here in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19. Goes like this, when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But look what the second half says. But when they attend, somebody say attend, to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Because there is a question that comes after the dream. I praise God for the dream. And if you haven't received your dream yet, if you don't know what it is that God wants to do in your life yet on a big scale, that's okay. Just give him time. But for those of you who have already begun to see fragments of the picture, there's a question that follows the vision. And that is this. Are you going to do something with the vision you receive? Because it says, but those who attend to it. In other words, it's not enough to dream. You're actually going to have to now work for your dream. Somebody say amen. Tap three people, tell them work it. <laughs> You're going to have to work it. You're going to have to work it. Because a dream takes work, man. I, I, I just had a breakfast with a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur. He's in his 20s. He, uh, he just, he, it's been two years that he's been starting a business and it's been an app. So he's got this app that he's been developing for two years. He's already put $33,000 into this app. But he's running the numbers out for me. He's like, bro, in about four months, I should be making $30 a month. I'm like, bro, that's either awesome or you're just in your 20s right now. And you're gonna... But hey, I believe it. Because then he said, because I want to I be able to give. That's what he told me. He says, because whatever we make, I want to be able to give 10% back to Journey Church because I know all the, the difference that you guys make in the community. So I'm like, bro, that's all. Bro, I pray for you. Let me pray for your business right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, just favor right now. Shark Tank right now. In the name of Jesus, just come on, somebody. And so I'm praying for him. I said, so how's it going so far? Because he's getting ready to launch in a couple of weeks. 
And he said, it's good, but, and when he said the next word, he didn't need to say no more. I knew it. He said, it's good, but, I said, but what? He said, it's good, but, he said one word, one word that said a story for him. So he said, it's good, but, Netflix. Yeah, I, I, you don't know what that means? That means that he should be working, but he's on like season five of a 10-season show right now. He's like, man, I got everything lined up, and I'm trying to work, but every time I'm trying to work, uh, Netflix. <laughs> I should be in a meeting with, a, with someone with a, with a potential network, but Netflix, Netflix. And here's what I've learned. There are two disciplines that you need. Well, there are two things that you need as an entrepreneur or as a church planner. I've learned this now, church planning. One is ambition. That is the ability to dream. You need that. Some people can't do that. But the second, hear me out, is discipline. And if you don't have one without the other, you're just going to live Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It says this. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. So there are people who want to dream, but they don't want to work. That's why I've entitled the message today, you're taking notes, the dream job. Because sometimes your dream is a job. You're really going to have to put in some time to this. I'm talking to everybody who wants to leave their 40-hour a work job. I hate working 9 to 5. I can't wait to be my own boss. That's cool. Just understand, you're leaving 40 hours working for someone else so that you can work 80 for yourself. As long as I'm talking to everybody who's single right now. It's like the dream is getting married. That's cool. But let me just tell you, it takes a lot more work to be married than it is to be single, okay? I was terrified on the day that I got married, not because I thought I was doing it wrong. I knew I had the perfect woman, but it hit me like 15 minutes before I was supposed to go downstairs. Oh, my goodness. I have to now keep someone alive. <laughs> and everyone that that person pumps out, I need to keep them all alive. That's my job. It, the work hit me. Some people want to go to a, a have kids, and that's the dream, to have kids. <laughs> they're cute, but they work. Some people want to go to an Ivy League school. Stick to Valencia, okay? <laughs> Harvard is cool, but Harvard is work. I mean, if that's your dream, that's fine. I just don't want you to get a wrong picture of a dream because it might be fuzzy at night, but it's sweat during the day. Man, I can't wait to be a pro athlete. That's awesome. You want to go? Cool, but I hate practice. Ah, practice. <laughs> Alan Iverson. Practice. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so they don't. They don't want to do two a days. They don't want to have a nutrition plan. You know, they don't want to work out. That's fine. Chase the dream to be a professional athlete. But what I want to try to tell you is, pursuing the dream takes work. And so, what I want to do uh, today is, I want to share you with you five things that you're going to have to work on. I didn't make these up off the top of my mind. What I did was I went to a young man in the Bible who is known for his dreams. His name is Joseph. And Joseph had a dream that he would become a ruler, and it took 22 years for his dream to come to pass. Anybody who's been waiting like four months, just simmer down, okay? 22 years he's been waiting for his dream to come to pass. And let me tell you, it was 22 years of work, and it wasn't even progress. It was 22 years of work, and he finally achieved the dream in the last year of the 22. For anybody who's chasing something and feels like they're making no progress, <laughs> Joseph is your guy. For 22 years, and, on the, and there were five things that he did, and so we're going to quickly go through it. I want to read right now from his story, uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 through 8. Five things you got to work on. We're going to read this passage of Scripture, and I'll show you a little about who Joseph was, and then we'll go right into it. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said, listen to this dream I had. 
We were all out in the field gathering bundles of wheat, and all of a sudden my bundle stood straight up, and your bundles circled around it and bowed down to me. Hey, guys, come here. I had this crazy dream I just want to share it with you. So you guys were worshiping me. <laughs> and his brother said, so you're going to rule us? You're going to boss us around? And they hated him even more. Listen, why? Because of his dreams and the way that he talked. You see, Joseph, for those who are new to Christianity, Joseph was uh, the 11th in a family of 12 boys. He's the baby. We're all the babies in the, in, the, in the church. Yeah, you're the baby of the family. Yeah, I'm an older sibling. I just want you to know we don't like you, okay? You get away with everything, all right? Get away with everything. You get everything you want. Joseph had a father. His name was Jacob, and Jacob literally, Joseph was literally Jacob's favorite child. And there wasn't even a doubt about it. Like, if anybody had a doubt about it, on Christmas one year, not really on Christmas, but on Christmas one year, uh, Jacob gave Joseph a coat of many colors, and his brothers got nothing. That's like on Christmas, waking up, you're getting socks, and like your fa- the favorite gets like a PS4, you know? Like, just in case there was any doubt, I love him more. Just in case you were wondering, just want to make it clear, he's my favorite. And so, and so the brothers are upset because he's the baby, but fine, at least I got my inheritance, is what the brothers are thinking. Because back in the biblical times, it was the oldest who got the most money, and then it trickled down to the youngest. And so now Joseph is saying, not only am I messing with your father's love, but I'm also messing with your money. I had a dream, and in this dream, it says, I'm going to get all your money. And everybody's like, I hate you. And, and, and here's the thing. Joseph never, Joseph got the dream, but God never told Joseph to share that dream. And even in the way he shared that dream, he revealed why it took 22 years for it to happen and why it didn't happen right there and then. Because Joseph was not ready. Because Joseph had character issues. That is the first thing God wants you to work on while you're pursuing your dream, your character. Joseph had character issues because Joseph thought it was all about him. Hey, guys, I know you hate me. I'm just, I'm just, but I want to tell you a dream that I had. Awesome, you're worshiping me. I had a bundle of grain, and you had bundles of grain, and your bundles of grain bowed down to my bundles of grain. Listen, God will never allow you to achieve a level of success that your character cannot sustain. And so sometimes God has to bring opposition sometimes to, able to, to, able to, to show you. See, Joseph had it all mixed up. He, he was thinking this dream is about me. Joseph had pride issues. He has a dream with bundles of grain, and he thinks that the dream is about him, but it's not. Because let me fast forward. In about 30 years, a famine is going to hit the land of Egypt, and Joseph is going to save the rest of his family. But he doesn't save the rest of his family with a sword, and he doesn't save the rest of his family with a weapon. He saves the rest of his family with grain because he gets put in a position of leadership where he gets in charge of the storage houses, and he's wise, and he saves the grain, the grain that saves his brother. See, Joseph got the dream mixed up. He thought the dream was about his brothers serving him, but the dream was really about him serving his brothers. Let me tell it to you plain and simple. You might be the center of your dream, but you are not the point of your dream. God has given you a dream so that you can bless others, so that you can encourage others, so that you can find others find hope. You might be in it, but it's not about you. You might be the main character, but you're not the conclusion. You're not the point. And so Joseph couldn't see that, though, because here's the thing about our character. Our character is a lot like our breath. We don't know we have a problem unless someone tells us. Like, you should, oh, my God, never knew. I never knew. And it's a lot like that. So God has a way of pointing out our bad breath of our character. He does that through, now can I get that real quick? He does that through two, two helpers called struggle and delay. 
Struggle and delay. I'm going to get Lexi and Victor. Will you come up here real quick? Yeah, come on real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I got four more points and I'm running out of time. Come on. Come on here. Yeah, right up here, right up here. Struggle and delay. Struggle and delay. Victor, you're going to be delay. And Lexi, since you're just a little bit bigger, you're going to be struggle. All right? You go ahead and hold out. And struggle and delay. And here's what you got to do. Sometimes we try and get, it's called breakthrough. We have this Christian term in the, in the church go sideways so they can still like this way. Yeah. So sometimes we have this Christian term called breakthrough. You know, it's like, I need to break through my dream. Like your dream is on the other side and you're fighting to break through. And, and this is what you got to understand. Struggle and delay are not here to keep you from your dream. They're here to change the way you go into it. Because no matter how much I push, no matter how much I hit, struggle and delay is not going anywhere. Some of you guys are quitting your job to go to another job because you're assuming that that job doesn't give you no struggle and delay. You never leave, struggle and delay. This is, not, this is not God's way of keeping you from your dream. This is God's way of changing the way you enter into your dream. What do I mean? Joseph had some pride issues. He wanted to enter into his dream like this. Struggle and delay is like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. If you're going to want to. And then, and then it said, because this is what happened. Joseph gets thrown into a pit. Then Joseph, gets then Joseph gets thrown into a prison. Then he stays there for two years. And, and so what, what's God doing? Last Sunday, I said something that I might should not have, but I'm glad that I did because it stuck with you. I said, get high. If, if, you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I promise it's nothing to do with drugs, but, 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 but you want to look at it, you look, go back to the sermon. Let me, let me tell it to you this way. For some of us, we might need to get low. Because by the, Joseph, I can't get through. I can't get through. Remember, he's not trying to keep you out. Joseph, if I'm going to want to get through, they're not changing. So I'm going to have to. And by the time Joseph gets through struggle and delay, look at the position that he enters into his destiny. Which is so important because in about 30 years, his brothers are going to stand in front of them. And he has the opportunity right there to kill them. But if he kills them, the lineage of Jesus Christ and the salvation of the world comes to an end. But by the time he gets a position of power, he's become so humbled by the struggle and the delay that he goes, are you kidding? It wasn't even you. It was God who did it. He had to teach me to be in this position to be able to change your life. Let me put it to you this way. If it's not working out, start working in. If you're starting to come up against struggle and delay, and that's God's way of saying, hey, there is some character stuff inside of you that I need to work out. Stay right here, character and delay, because you're going to help me out with my next point. Because the next one is, because listen, God wants you to change, but changing is uncomfortable. That's the second thing God wants to change in your life, that you're going to have to work on your comfort, your comfort, your comfort. Yeah, I'm going to read the passage of Scripture really quickly. Genesis chapter 37, verse 18 through 20. They spotted him off in the distance. Who? The brothers spotted Joseph. By the time he got to them, they had cooked up a plot to kill him. The brothers were saying, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him. Throw him into one of these old cisterns. We can say that a vicious animal ate him up. We'll see what his dreams amount to then. By that time, the Midianite traders were passing by. His brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took Joseph with them down to Egypt. I just want to make a point really quickly that what looks like a detour was actually a delivery. It's not even my point, but I just want to show you guys. Joseph could not fulfill his destiny from where he was. He needed to be in Egypt because Egypt was about to go through a time of fertility. He needed to be in Egypt to have the resources to save his brother. But listen, why in the world would Joseph go to Egypt? Remember, he's the favorite, and he just got a dream that he was going to be in charge. So he's thinking, I ain't going nowhere. I see the dream, but I also see struggle and delay. 
I want you to know sometimes the thing that keeps you from your dream is not the challenge, but the chair. Sometimes we get so comfortable where we're like, I'm good. Like, I got, I got a job. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I am married. You stop working out, right? Uh, you were killing it when you got engaged. <laughs> moment you came back from that honeymoon. Uh, uh. Anyway, side note. Uh, is the chair not the challenge? But, but let me tell you something. You will never go where God wants you to go if you're not willing to leave where you are. And so Joseph is not about to leave his comfort zone. He's got everything that he needs. He's got protection. He's got provision. He's got family. And so God has to send his brothers. God has to use the trial to literally kick him out of his comfort zone, remove the chair so he's got nowhere to go. And a lot of the trial, I want to just put in perspective, that you're facing today is not God trying to kill you. It's it's God trying to get you up. It's God trying to get you going. It's God trying to move you. All right? And so here's the deal. If you're not willing to leave, God loves you so much that he's not willing to leave you there. I'll say it again. I said, if you're not willing to leave, God loves you so much that he's not willing to leave you there. And so he'll send some Midianite traitors. Yeah, but they don't, you won't recognize them because they come in masks and costumes. They, 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 look like, they look like failure. They look like closed doors of opportunity. Sometimes they look like your pastor. I had a friend. I'll just say his name. I usually don't but I will. His name is Josh Torado. I love him to death. He used to be a, a pastor, and he, he comes to our church now, and he was a part of Next Steps, and he was doing a spiritual gifts test. And the spiritual gifts test, after he got all the results back, I'm like, bro, you and your wife need to start a small group. He's like, you know when somebody wants to say no, but they don't want to offend you? So they ask five questions, hoping that one of your answers to one of those questions will give them a good reason to not do the thing that you're asking them to do. So I'm like, man, this is your spiritual gift test. You'd have so much joy if you and your wife led a small group. And they're like, do you, do you say like training for that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we give training. Oh, oh what day is it? Because I, I work. And I'm like, oh, you picked a day. He's like, oh. What if you don't know nobody? He's like, well, actually, we have a whole sign-up thing, and people sign up. He's like, oh. Oh. And I said, how long is it? I said, it's 13 weeks. Oh. 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 <laughs> I'm going to just fast forward because i got some other points to get to. But today, seven weeks in, he has the largest small group in a church of 300 people. He is absolutely killing it. Him and his wife, Sarai. Their small group is called Spaghetti and Waffles. Make some noise if you're in the Spaghetti and Waffles small group. Yeah. Yeah. Simmer down. You all right? <laughs> they love it. They love them, and they love that, and, they're, and, they're, and there's marriages that are being restored in that group, and God used them. Why? Because he was, really, he was willing to get up from his chair and do something that he didn't know, he, but, but God was pushing him towards his dream. Give it up for struggle and delay. Thank you guys so much. That's comfort. That's comfort. That's comfort. Let's keep the story going. So you got to work on your character. You got to work on your comfort. God is trying to call you out of something. Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 through 10. The story continues. Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. By the way, that's my real name. Joseph. Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. And as time went on, his mother's wife became infatuated with Joseph. His mother's wife. His master's wife. His master's wife became infatuated with Joseph and one day said, come back, sleep with me. He wouldn't do it. He said to his master's wife, look, 
With me here, my master doesn't give a second thought to anything that goes on here. He's put me in charge of everything he owns. He treats me as an equal. The only thing he hasn't turned over to me is you. You're his wife after all. How can I violate his trust and sin against God? And she pestered him day after day after day, but he stood his ground. Here's the third C, if you've been taking notes, that he wants to work on, your consistency. What is consistency? Consistency is the ability to continue in the right direction regardless of the amount of opposition. It is the ability to continue in the right direction regardless of the opposition. You know, you will face two types of moments in your life. I call them give up moments. Someone will say give up. Say give up. Or go on. Someone will say go on. And I want to teach you something about the give up moments and the go on moments. And we're going to do it using Joseph's life. Here are some of the moments that Joseph had to face in his life. First off, he gets sold into slavery to Potiphar. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say, is that a give up or a go on? And you're going to shout at me whichever one you think, okay? So Joseph gets sold into slavery to Potiphar. Give up or go on? Oh, that's a give up. What are you talking about? Some of y'all are so spiritual. You're just seeing right through this illustration. You're like, but Jesus is on the other side. Hallelujah. Come on, you get sold into slavery, that's a give up or go on? Yeah, it's okay to be carnal for an illustration, okay? It's, you give up. You want to give up. So if that's a give up moment, let's put that in red. Okay, let's put that in red. Next moment that happens. He begins living in a strange country far from home. Is that a give up or a go on moment? <laughs> give up? What is so difficult about this example? <laughs> I have the most positive church in all of Central Florida. <laughs> guys are like, he got shot. Go on. <laughs> so give up. Give up moment. Let's put it in red. It's a give up moment. Okay, guys. Here's your chance. He was given favor in Potiphar's house. Give up or go on. That's right. Let's put it in green. Pause. Two out of three are give-ups. Only one out of three is gone. Next slide. The next thing to happen, he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Give up or go on. Give up. That's right. Let's put it in red. Next one. He's thrown into prison. Give up or go on. That's right. Next one. He's put in charge of all the prisoners. Give up or go on. That's right. Go on. Again, put in green. Let's go on. Two out of three. I'm going to one more slide just to make my point, just to really drive it home. The next thing that happens in Joseph's life, he's forgotten by the cupbearer. If you don't understand the story, he interprets the dream of the cupbearer. The cupbearer says, hey, I have a dream. This is what I think uh, you're talking to me, God's talking to me about. And can you tell me what it is? He interprets the dream right, and he says, all I want you to do is tell the king when you get there who I am. But he forgot him completely. So he gets forgotten by the cupbearer. Is that a give up or go on moment? That's a give up. He's remained in prison two, remains in prison two years longer. Give up or go on. Give up. Next. He became second in command in Egypt. Give up or go on. Go on. Two out of three again. Here's the point I'm trying to make. You, life, listen, life will dish you twice as many give up moments than it will go on moments. And that's why you need this message so much. Because you need to hear somebody tell you that Jesus wants you to go on despite of how you feel. Did some research. Anybody ever get a cold call? 
cold call, marketing cold call. I've never bought anything on those cold calls. And I wonder why people do it. You know, it takes 118 no's to get one yes. I used to do door-to-door laundry salesman. It's a weird job. I had to knock on strangers' doors. In hindsight, this is probably illegal, but it was a 14-year-old job. This guy in a van, I know it gets creepy, dropped me off in a neighborhood. Make good money. Dropped me off in a neighborhood. I had to convince people to give me their best clothes because I was going to take them back into the van. We were going to bring it to a dry cleaner, clean it, and bring it back. It was door-to-door dry cleaning service. And, uh, and it was a very hard job to do because I'm like 14, super, super scrawny, and I'm like, you know, braces. And I'm like, hi, sir, would you like to give me all of your clothes, please? And I promise I'll bring them back clean. And we, we took a sales class. And I'll never forget what the salesman told us. He said, you're going to have to go through no's if you're going to want to get a yes. Don't give up. Go on. That's what he told me. He stuck with me. He said, the most important rule is just keep knocking. And I would always make more money than everyone else that I went out with. Not because I was a better salesman, but because they would knock on 10, 20, 30, 40 doors. They would leave with one sale, and then they would go back to the van because that was the rule. You called him, he'd pick you up, he took you back to the office. I just kept knocking. 50 doors wasn't my 100 doors, 150 doors, 200 doors. The biggest difference between them and me was not my ability, but my persistency and my consistency. Here's the message God has for you today. So you've been coming up against some locked doors, some doors of opportunity that haven't been opening for you. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. You've been in some failed relationships, and now you think you're probably going to stay single the rest of your life? Just keep knocking. Just keep knocking. Just keep knocking. I mean, you know, just let's, let's take that in context of the scripture, but just... You had three or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten failed businesses. Your wife's trying to convince you enough's enough. But you feel it from the Lord. You're coming, and she gives you peace. And she, keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking, keep going. Do not give up. Go on is the word that I believe God has for somebody here. Now, I'll, I'll wrap up the last, the last ones pretty quickly, the last two. Genesis chapter 40, 40. We won't even read the scripture. I'll just summarize it. In Genesis chapter 40. Joseph meets the cupbearer, and the cupbearer says, I have a dream. Can you help me? Joseph says, yeah, tell me the dream. And he tells Joseph the dream, and Joseph interprets his dream, which I think is amazing because up until that point, Joseph had never interpreted dreams. If anything, Joseph was afraid of dreams because at that point, he's thinking, it was my dream that got me here. I pursued a dream, and my dream got me in, 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 in shackles. I don't, I don't want anything to do with dreams, but he doesn't. He talks to him. He says, hey. Tell me your dream. And he interprets the dream. He interprets the dream, and God uses that interpretation eventually to lead right until his destiny. Why? Because Joseph never complained about his lack of opportunities. He always made the most of what he had. Here's the fourth thing you need to work on, your creativity. I know that sounds out of left field, but it's true. Joseph never looked at his limitations. He only looked at his opportunities. Where other people saw chains, was he the only person in that prison? Was he the only person in Potiphar's house? No. But where other people saw chains, Joseph saw change. You got to be able to see the change in your chains. 
You gotta be able to see the opportunity and the limitations. You know what I was noticed? He never made an excuse for his where he was at. He never said, Oh, it's because I'm a prisoner. Oh, it's because I'm a slave. You know I would have been a quick card to pull out? Oh, it's because I'm Hebrew in a land of Egyptians. Listen, what am I saying? I'm not saying that that race boundaries are not a reality. I know that they are firsthand. I, I have been followed around in a in a in a in a, in a CVS, and I'm not even that brown. Like I'm as white as a Spanish person can get. It's okay to laugh. <laughs> the only people not laughing right now are 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 are, 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 are light skinned people right now. They're like, is, is that okay? Is that alright? Can we laugh at that? Totally, totally. I know. I'm not saying to pretend like they don't exist. I'm saying don't use it as an excuse to not be the person that God has called you to be. You use what God's given you and you make the most of the opportunity that God's given you. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, how white you are, how black you are, how brown you are, how uneducated you are, how educated you are, how what use what God has given you to make the most the life that God's called you to make. It's time to be creative. I heard T.D. Jake say this past week. He's a pastor, if you don't know his name. He said, God never made one chair and he, ever ne- he never made one table. He only made trees. We're the ones who used our creativity to turn trees into homes, trees into chairs, trees into, into, into tables. So I'm going to teach you five words that will deliver you. Are you ready? Write this down. Five words that will deliver you. I have what I need. I have what I need. I have the money I need. I have the platform I need. I have the gifts I need. I have the abilities I need. I have the friends I need. I have the opportunities I need. I have the parents I need. I have the husband I need. I have the wife I need. I have the job I need. I have what I need and instead of complaining or comparing, I'm going to get creative and make the most with the little that I have. I'm going to take one talent, turn it into two. Two talents, turn it into four. not going to let other people limit me. Amen? Man, would you stand on your feet as we close and I share this last one with you. It's so important. Joseph stands before his brothers, and his brothers say this. They say to him, they say this, they say, they say, I'm so sorry that we betrayed you. Please forgive us. Don't kill us. And Joseph says, don't worry, bro. Literally, in your Bible. He says, don't worry, bros. He goes, I know you abandoned me. This is what he says. He says, but really, I was never alone. I know you left me, but I was never alone. Let me read you three scriptures real quick. Genesis 39, 3. Listen, his master saw that the Lord was, say it with me, with him. Genesis 39, 23. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was, say it with me, with him. Genesis 41, verse 38. So Pharaoh said to them, the spirit of God is in this man. Here's the last C, the thing that he never stopped working on the entire time, his connection. You know what I love about Joseph? That he had a dream, and it was a God dream. But he never lost sight that even a God dream is not God. And he never confused the supply with the source. He never confused. He got to the point, listen, where God was the dream. And he never let the dream become his God. Hey, That business idea that God's given you, that's awesome. But that's not God. 
the car that you're wanting to buy, that's awesome. I hope you get it. But that's not God. The children that you're hoping to have when you get older, they're awesome. But they're not God. The, the bachelor's degree, the master's degree, the PhD that you're pursuing, they're awesome. But they're not God. That ministry position that you're praying for that God wants to give you, I hope you get it. But that's not God. The, the home that you're wanting to own, I hope you get it. But that's not God. Let's make sure that God is always the dream and the dream is never God. Because if we confuse the two, we lose our connection. And we cannot enjoy the process that God is bringing us to to get us to the promise that he has for us. Are you ready? Here's the thing. Here's the last thing I want to leave you with. You know why Joseph was, was, was joyful in the prison and joyful in Potiphar's house and joyful while he maintained his ability to see through it? Because he found out that the real dream job, put it this way, worship is the dream job. Oh, man. And when you understand that lifting up your hands and spending time with the Lord and enjoying his presence and being filled by him and being, being led by him, when you understand that that is the reward, listen, it doesn't matter how far away you are from the, from the destiny. It doesn't matter how far away you are from the dream because you're living the dream right now. I'm trying to tell you, the dream is there, but it's also here. Worship is the dream job. What do you do when you get to heaven? You worship. You worship. You love on God. And it's in that connection where peace is found, where hope is found. In him, that's what Paul said. He said, I, I found the secret to being content with many and with little. He said, I, I've driven Mercedes and I've driven Hondas. I've lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and I've lived in a mansion. And I found out the secret to, to being happy no matter where I am. And it's understanding that worship is the dream job. It's loving on God. And when I make that the focus of my life, that comes. Amen? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Say, there are people in this room today who you've been pursuing the dream, but the dream has become your God. And now your joy is attached to this dream. Your hope is attached to this dream. Your purpose is attached to this dream. I don't want to set you free from that right now because worship is the dream job. Loving on God is the dream job. So right now, all over this place, with your head bowed and your eye closed, why don't you begin to have a conversation with the Lord? Here, you can even repeat after me. Just repeat after me, dear God. Come on, repeat after me, dear God. Today I realize I've got some work to do I got to work on me because it's not working out. I'm working on my character, on my consistency, on my comfort. I'm working on my connection, my creativity. Jesus, I realize you are the most important. So I put you at the center of my life. I choose to focus on you. You are my dream. If you're in this room today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, or you have, and it's been years since you have really had a relationship, like you've lost the connection, but you want to reestablish the connection here today, I want to count to three. And when I say three, I want you to lift your right hand up to the sky as a signal. Yes, Lord, I want to reestablish the connection with you. I don't care if you've been a Bible college graduate, if this is your first time in church or your 100th time in church, you know you've lost the connection. You want to reestablish that. When I say three, shoot your right hand up to the sky, proud. One, two, three, right now, all over this building. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. 
I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Church, don't let them hang in. Let's pray this prayer with them. Father God, today I commit to reestablishing the connection. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I give you my life. I give you my future. I give you my dreams. Fill my heart with your love. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, we had about 11 hands. Yeah. Come on, 11 hands. Making decisions to follow Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your life. If you have any prayer requests or would like to share your testimony, please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. Our team will be there ready to celebrate and pray with you. If God is using this ministry to bless you in any way, you can help us spread the word by making an investment today. You can give at journeyorl.com give or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again. Have a blessed week.